before the man. Rusty, does this have a point? Yes, I'm quitting show business. I was just trying to go out with a little class, you jackass. But, Krusty, why now? Why not 20 years ago? Because comedy ain't funny anymore. Instead of time-tested jokes about women drivers and doctor bills, you got some big chin schlub reading typos from the Palookaville Post. Well, here's a headline for you. Nobody cares! <laughs> hey, I washed your hair. These comics today. Ooh, look at me. I can't set my VCR. I can't open a bag of airline peanuts. I'm a freaking moron! <laughs> Kresge's <laughs> going nuts. Then you got these lady comics talking about stuff that would embarrass Red Fox. God rest his smutty soul. Who they slept with. What time they sit on the can. This is supposed to get you a husband? <laughs> what the hell are you laughing at? I'm just telling the truth. <laughs> and it's funny. It is? In that case, I'm proud to announce my triumphant return to comedy. <laughs> Four-finger discount, dude. Welcome to Four Finger Discount. This week we're here to review The Last Temptation of Crust. I am Dando. I am Mitch, and in the background you may hear Elliot tearing the house down. He's having a great time out there, isn't he? Seems it, yeah. Mm, yeah. He's reached, clearly reached that toddler age where he's learned that his hammers... Sorry, his hands can be hammers. They can be hammers, yes. Yeah. Just his, hammers can't be, his hammers can't be hands. Very Hulk. Very difficult to <laughs> eat with a hammer and pick up his pureed apple goo. You know what he's um he's realised now is he can stand up? Mm. He's got big... Th- that thighs like myself, so he's yep. got a good balance. But all the other kids in mother's group apparently can't do it yet. He's very advanced. Right. Okay. Yeah. Well, good for him. Very proud of him. Yeah. <laughs> uh, is that or he's just eaten all the other ones that could, yes. and that's why he has the big fat thighs. <laughs> he's like Homer eating all the gruel. Yeah, yeah exactly right. He's, the, the others are just malnourished. That's why they can't get up. It's not so much that he's advanced, it's that he is America and they're Ethiopia. <laughs> <laughs> Let's, let's be political jokes yes, off the be, top be, of the before show. Before we get into that dangerous territory, uh, before we get into anything, before you start doing more political jokes, more racist jokes, before you more tell racist. everyone how great you are at golf this week, or before we do anything, before we re- review the episode, you must answer the age-old question, what mm. does dog shit taste like? Oh, well, kind of earthy, if I'm being brutally yeah. honest about it. So for people, Did that- it taste what you expected it to? I mean, it would have come as a shock. You would have been in shock for the first for 10 people seconds. People that aren't aware, hold on. I know. No, 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 go, go. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> so I had, I've shared this with in the Patreon group, but I had yeah. put the, I put Indy out to go to the toilet and she did it. She, she did a wee near where some poo from earlier in that day was. She then stood in that poo. She was walking away from her wee spot. I, there was cloth in the backyard, like an old rag. I wiped her foot down. But before I let her back inside, I was like, I better make sure I've got it all because it was a little bit dark and it was hard to tell. So I kind of grabbed her foot. Grabbed and back leg. Yeah, back yeah. leg, like a farrier inspecting a horse's mm. foot. And she didn't like having her back leg held up in such a position. So she was, this is the thing. She stood still for about six seconds or so, enough to lull me into a false sense of security and think, I just need a closer look. And as I leant in, whack, kicked oh. me right in the face. So did it hurt? No. Or was it just the sensation It was more of like a muscle... Your... It was like a muscle twitch. Yeah, yeah. yeah was there shit in your mouth? There was the taste of shit. There wasn't actual... It was so close to your mouth you could taste it. Yeah, yeah, like there wasn't... I didn't have to remove particles or anything like that. 
but it was that thing of like, yep, that's poo. <laughs> that's poo in and around my face. Oh my God, oh my God, oh my God. <laughs> how, honestly, how did you react? Were you just flabbergasted? Did you know what to do? Uh, well, yeah, I went straight to the bathroom and so... Wait, was it? I was like, "All right, both of us need to get clean here." Was it some ASAP. Qu- was it a bit of a bit of panic though? Um, not so much panic, but what it was anger. More... Were you angry? No, nah, no, because it was an accident. It's not like she still did it that's shit on your face. Yeah, it was. <laughs> if I could try to, okay, so I feel like the feeling was, you've bought a brand new suit, hmm. you're eating a burger, you bite into that burger. And some tomato sauce has like squirted out the side. It's landed on your wrist and palm and is running down towards the sleeve (laughs) of the suit. (laughs) And it was that feeling of, if I panic, it's only going to get worse. So, I just need to get myself to water as quickly as possible. (laughs) (laughs) Did she trot in after you? I picked her up so she couldn't walk anything in. You picked her up when you have shit on your face as well. That's going to make the situation worse, isn't it? She could be moving her head around and mushing it all in there. No, well, I wasn't holding her near my face. I just held her at the waist and got her her into the bathroom and put her in the bath. So, I was like, you can stay there and I will deal with your foot in a minute. (laughs) And then found some soap and rinsed my mouth several times before I I cleaned her paw. You said milk was good to get the taste out, yeah? Yeah, milk worked well. Um, Yeah, it turns out shit is similar to chili in that regard. That if you've had a little bit too much of it, you can cleanse with milk. Is it the kind of thing, though, that will you forever just have the taste of it in your mouth? If you think about it, do you just taste it now? I do now, but I feel like with time it will pass. I feel like in time, it's going to taste more like mud. Like and We all know what mud tastes And that's like. probably because, to be fair, that's probably because her, she walks around all day, so there would have been dirt on her paw as well. So it wasn't like the, the shit had been cut with soil. If there, It wasn't pure Bolivian dog poo. What about the stink, though? It would, it's, that's fresh shit. That stinks the mm. worst. We've it's, got... It would have been warm and... We've got some bleach in the house. So, I had to bleach the towel that I used to clean her foot afterwards. So, then I got bleach smell on my hands and got to just rub my hands in my mouth and then breathed in bleach for the next day and a half. That probably wasn't ideal. Like, if I'm <laughs> off my game today, it's because there's a few brain cells that aren't Fully functional. I will say I got a good laugh out of that post, though. I'm glad you did. Uh, I've never seen Ash laugh. Actually, I haven't seen Ash laugh as hard since I accidentally wore her shirt to the gym a little while ago. Now, who took that photo of you at the gym? She did. Oh, so she went with you? She was there before I got there. Ah, so it was the gym at her work. I think the Mitch just wear this shirt and go, "Hey, mate, can you take a photo of me wearing this chick shirt?" No, 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 no. no. So (laughs) Ash, Ash was already there. And I joined her and she... Another Patreon exclusive post. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> this is yeah, what you miss out on in the Patreon yeah, group. <laughs> if you sign up to Patreon, you'll get the... A good insight into our lives. Yeah. Like it's... it's Yeah, how most people curate their life to post the best of what they do. And it's like, you know, oh, here's me just out for a stroll and it's from the exact perfect angle. So they look tanned in the sunset. I do the opposite. Yeah. Like I'll find the worst element of my life. And whenever I truly fuck something up, then revel in all of its gory detail. I mean, I put a post up last night saying I rescued this spider. Mm. And it's just a picture of the spider underneath the measuring cup. Oh, is that what you'd used? Yeah. I was wondering how you'd But what you didn't out. see was the ordeal it took for me to get said spider from that cup mm. outside. It took me about five minutes. Yeah, right. <laughs> to be fair, I wouldn't have... Even I would not have killed that. Like, that was just a common... It's just a house spider. Yeah, house, it kind of looks like a button. I think it... A I button think, with legs. I think it was a white tail, though. Oh, really? But I did. It looked too round to be a white tail. No, I looked at it, it had a little white tip. Mm. Yeah. 
I still... Well, I th- then, I would have killed it. I thought over the back fence. <laughs> a white tail, even a small white tail, it's like a baby Nazi. It's only going to grow up to be bad news. Yeah, well, what I did was, because when I was lifting the, the paper, because it was paper underneath it at first, but when I was lifting it up, it was creating a gap because it wasn't quite going flush against the, um, the measuring cup. Mm-hmm. So I was like panicking because it started crawling out. So what I'd do was get a, one of Elliot's books and slide that underneath the paper firm and just throw the whole thing over the, over the fence. Yeah, okay. Well, I, I assume it went over the fence. Because yep. when I went in the flinging motion, there was no spider anymore. Yep. Once that's off your property boundaries, then yeah. the spider's never coming back. Unless they're your property and they come I, crawling back. I told you about the spider that I rescued that then yeah. came back. Threw it yeah. across the house, yeah. Across the road, wasn't it? Uh, I three, put it out on the nature strip. Three hours no, down? No, that was, that was a while ago. This, this one, recently I, I rescued a spider. I had a moment of going, ah, oh, all right, you know what? You're not causing a threat. I'm just going to put you outside. Yeah. Two days later, it was back in my bathroom. I think you did say Two days one. later, it went into the toilet. Yeah. <laughs> you had your chance. Uh, the last temptation of crust. Mm. Really enjoyed this episode. Can it's I, very different, isn't it? It is very different. Um, should we say off the top, by the way, that that little bit of conversational banter might be a bit of an, uh, a preview to a style of show that we might be doing in a few weeks' time as we are preparing for some holidays. Hmm. Mm. Be good. There's a tease. Yes. Because <laughs> we haven't figured out the plans yeah. yet. But anyway. <laughs> I don't want to promise anything yet. No, me either. <laughs> but that was the sort of thing that I had in mind. Anyway. A show about uh, nothing? Yeah, pretty much. The Last Temptation of Crust. What did you think first? Because I... It didn't feel like a very Simpson-y episode. It didn't. I thought the guest stars had more of a pivotal role on this, but they didn't Actually, I, yeah, I wanted to look up... Who they were? Not who they were, but did they voice themselves? They did, Obviously, they did, they did all voice themselves. All of them? Yes. Okay, I was really surprised about Janine Garofalo doing that then. In what way? I'll get didn't to think it. it. Didn't think it was her style or... No. Not as in what specifically? Sh- okay, so guest appearances: Jay Leno, Bruce Brown, Janine. Yeah, so they all did definitely do it. Yep, as themselves. Uh, okay, um, I, I mean, I feel like this was an episode that's kind of funny, and there's like you know, are there elements of it that I liked? Are there elements of it that I laughed at? Absolutely. But boy, I've got some big problems with it. And if I tried to apply, you know, I mean, kind of have to do this for the podcast. If I try to apply any sense of critique to the show. It all falls apart really, really quickly. Okay. Uh, so, the biggest one of those that that I really found a hard time with was Krusty's about face at the end, going back to the going back to commercialism in a heartbeat. He has no redemption in this episode. He's just no, a horrible person at, from start to finish. Well, he's he's cruel to yeah. everyone around him. He's trying to help him. Yeah. I mean, I know Krusty in previous episodes, Krusty up to this point hasn't been a very good person, but usually when he's being a dick, he has that moment of redemption. Like, for example, uh, in Bart the Fink, you know, at the end when he mm-hmm. embraces the kids and they all walk off together, like he still becomes that lovable Krusty hero that Bart sees him as. In here, he's just like, nah, kid, I'm just a sellout. Get over it. Get used to it. Yeah. Um, what I was kind of thinking from a pure storytelling point of view, like I liked raw, truthful Krusty. And I feel like that could have been something that they could have experimented with and had him be a little bit more like that behind the scenes. Like he could you going could, forward in future episodes, you mean? Yeah, or, yeah, even if not forever, but just do it for a few before completely getting rid of it. So, and here's the you could have done it in a way that he could still be Krusty the Clown for the kids' show, but then he could have like this adult after hours version of Krusty. It could almost become like a death to smoochie type thing, like this children's mm-hmm. entertainer that behind the scenes is starting to, you know, completely change his... The new Jim Carrey show? Uh, yeah. Um, what's that called again? It's, oh, it's one word. Ah, shit. Oh, Kidding. Kid, kidding. Kidding. Yes, it, yeah. yeah. 
my my biggest issue with it is that by I liken almost beat for beat. You could uh, have this episode as a mirror episode to Lisa the vegetarian. So you know sets the um, sets the scene at the start. They have a moment of being exposed to the horrors of who they are and what they do. They then decide, nope, I'm going to go down this different path from now on. Um, apart from the fact that Krusty is met with applause and Lisa is met with resistance, but. It, the way this episode is structured would be like if at the end of Lisa the Vegetarian, someone said, hey, Lisa, it's pork chop night, and she turned on a fucking dime and went, all right, I'll have some pork chops, and then the last minute and a half of the episode was an ad for a steakhouse. Well, she didn't... Yes and no, because Krusty didn't just do it for no reason. He did it for the money. So she, what, what? Yeah, would, but what she'd would... be doing it just for the taste of the pork chops. The money is what he had in the in yeah, the first place. Okay, like, I see what you mean. And it's a car, one car. You tell me that this clown that's got a multi-million dollar enterprise goes, oh, one free car. I'll throw away all of the success that I just got. Well, here's the thing. Why would they want him to change? So he, they see that he's very, very popular. Everyone's starting to love him as this new crusty. So they want him to endorse this new car. He gets a new car, but by endorsing the new car, he's going back to being the old crusty. No one's going to like him anymore, so why would anyone want to buy the car with his face on it? Yeah, but they don't see that far ahead because they're just... Like, they're the kind of embodiment of just get a celebrity and it'll work and it'll sell. Mm. I'm sure there would have been a people that had approached George Carlin to try to sell stuff over his career. Did he do it, though? I don't think so. Telephone boxes? I'd be really... Telephone boxes. That would have been a good 90s commercial. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I'd be very, very surprised. So if George Cullen ever did. You didn't like the the nineties. Uh, you didn't like the uh, Canyon Arrow commercial at the end. I don't like the fact that that's the that seems to be the. the there's like most, two commercials. It's, it's in the credits, two, yeah, and yeah. then the double one. It seems to me that they put more effort into the Canyon Arrow commercial and more love into the Canyon Arrow commercial than they did to any other part of the episode. And if you ask people what you remember about the episode, they go, "Oh, the Canyon Arrow commercial." That shouldn't be the case. That shouldn't be the best part. Like it's a fucking epilogue at the end of an episode and that's what people like yes it is a very funny commercial it's just it's disappointing that it overshadows everything that comes before it and that to me made me feel like the only reason that happens is because everything that comes before it wasn't quite at the standard that it needed to be yeah because Krusty's only really the new Krusty for one show hmm. by the second show he's endorsing the Canyonero yeah I feel like this episode really needed more of the new crusty. It wasn't until the second or yeah. third act that he becomes the new crusty. yeah, and that's why had they I know the Simpsons isn't the sort of show that does story arcs, but had they kept that crusty for a few episodes, then when he did change back, it'd actually have a bit more of a storytelling impact. What about feel maybe having a, a, a relationship developing with another fellow comedian as the new crusty, and then once he goes back, to, he has to choose between the money and this mm. relationship and that kind of thing. I know it's yeah, thinking a bit yeah, too far ahead, like, but it's a bit of something to like it. that could have worked. But it, yeah, even if it was just more that for a few episodes, you just see a little bit more of how Krusty's life changes in general. Yep. You see, see some of these new sets. And I feel like the only reason they didn't do that is because it's too hard to write the way that they wrote. Like it just felt lazy that they wrote him out of it. Do you think the people, well, who wrote the episode? It was Donick, Donick Carey, I think his name is. Um, he used to be a writer for Letterman and whatnot, quite mm-hmm. a famous writer. He, uh, do you think he was trying to say with this episode that comedy had gone soft? Uh, no. Do he, do, or do you think he? I don't think he was, was moving with the times. Or do you think he was one of those bitter old comedians? I'm not saying he's a bitter old, band, bitter old comedian. But I think this was more just an examination of different comedy tropes and stereotypes. Okay. The other thing that, on the subject of the comedy, though, another reason that I wasn't overly impressed with the 
guessed. So when I, on the surface of this, I look and go, Jay Leno, fine. Stephen Wright. I thought he did a really good job. Oh, he did do a good job. I can see him doing, he could have been in the show more often. Somebody get this kid a TV. He could have been on the show more often. He seemed to really embrace the role. Uh, But Janine Garofalo, Stephen Wright, weren't given great service. Like they have one or two lines each. One line of stand-up each, basically. Pretty much. And Janine's isn't even a line of stand-up. It's just, she goes on to portray the kind of view of alt, well, not even alt comedy. So, like, alternative comedy was what Janine did. And I felt like the fact that she just, all she's reduced to in this is, so I got my period today and my um, boyfriend, some line tongue, about the tongue, tongue ring or something. Oh, yeah, kissing someone with a tongue Tongstone. ring. So, she doesn't actually have a punchline. If you have a look at Janine Garofalo's stand-up, she actually had quite a lot to say. And she's kind of used here in that reductive way that people make fun. And, I mean, we've been guilty Krusty of doing it before. makes fun of it. But, yeah, in his when, press conference. Yeah. That um, gross-out comedy that Amy came Schumer, up. we say that a lot. She uses the gross-out comedy a lot. She steals gross-out comedy But she a lot. still does it, you know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> but, yeah. Uh, What's your thoughts on it? Because Krusty goes on the tirade here. What is your thought well, it depends on how it's done. Like, like yeah. anything, if you do it with some with substance behind it, that's yeah. fine. Don't just do it for the sake of shock value. Yeah, yeah like what Janine, the the examples that they use here don't actually have a punchline. So no, that's that's not that's not great. But if you talk about having a period if you can come make up, it funny. Yeah, yeah, come up with a everyone's got everyone, a funny not everyone. All females have like go through a period cycle. Yeah, yeah, exactly right. Like it's it's no different to like guys. You could talk about... You could make erection jokes that are funny. You can Waking make up with erection, an erection or yeah, something like and that. And you yeah. can make erection jokes that are puerile and juvenile and have no place being told on stage. So, it's, it's really just about... It, it's not so much about the um, brush that you're using. It's more about the painting that you come up with at the end of the day, if that makes sense. Yeah. Uh, but... So, they took someone like Janine who was not that at all and then kind of used what, her... What is her style then? Well, she's she's pretty political, and she but she was more of a um, early adopter. She's by no means the world's best comedian, but she was an early adopter of being that more relaxed persona on stage and talking in a naturalistic way and breaking down the fourth wall and like you know rather than here's a microphone and I'm going to do some jokes. It was more of just here are some ideas and here's some shit that's going on in my life and trying to make it funny. Uh, but it was not that. She's portrayed as a hack here, like a think, hack, angry feminist, and that's not uh, yeah. that's not enough of what she was. And where I compare the way she and I mean Stephen Wright at least gets a good joke in the, there. The zebra joke, yeah. But compare the way these guys are portrayed to the way Rodney Dangerfield was portrayed. He was given a character, though. He was given a character, but if not him, Johnny Carson. When Johnny Carson was put on, now Johnny obviously fucking Johnny Carson. But when the previous comedy guests that they've had on, they've been treated with like and written for with this reverence and like looking up to. Whereas these scenes here, I kind of like how I look at hipsters. A little bit like it, this looked like someone looking down their nose at yeah. what stand-up comics do, and it felt like something that would have happened in a male-dominated writers' room, which it was at yeah. the time. And that's why I was actually surprised that it was Janine who portrayed herself. Um, so maybe I'm looking at it too much but it just felt like there wasn't a lot of respect given to those two guest stars or to Bobcat Goldthwait for that matter that does he talk like that? I don't know I don't know enough about Bobcat Goldthwait yeah. but I was like why would you have gone to the effort to get these guys to come in and then treat them like shit and give them nothing to do when he, he's in the overall purpose of the storyline they didn't need to ha- be there like 
he's treated like like garbage, really. Like he's I'd be a doctor. Yeah, sure, mate. Like yeah. He's, he's yeah. portrayed like he's slow. Yeah. And they didn't, like, they just did not need to have, you could have just been Jay Leno doing a charity night and then they get Krusty in and he's the only, you don't need the other two people like, like leading into it. So th- that. I, um, it's, we just, don't, know, just the, we don't about, know what went to making the episode. They, no, Because it, it was inspired by a comedy festival. Maybe they sort of met up with the comedians on the night and said, hey, do you want to come on the show? And that's maybe, Possibly. Maybe yeah, they, they, from. there could be a number of reasons for that. But it just, the execution of it left me feeling a little bit flat at the end of the day. What do you think about... So, everyone was booing Krusty for his dated gags yeah, on stage. Yeah, which needed to happen. Yes, right. Then he has a press conference and he starts hanging shit on females and they all start laughing. Yeah. Um, so, so he was saying sexist and racist stuff on stage gets booed, then there's a press conference saying sexist stuff again and the, the same people are laughing, mm. saying that it's funny. There's no consistency. No, I'm changing of the times. And again, male-dominated writer's room would be where I come back to that. Yeah. Uh, I mean, interesting that the Fox censors didn't call it up. At they all. did. They called up the racist stuff. So, like, the miso yeah, yeah, and that okay. sort of thing. They were like, I don't know if you can do that. And they argued. And I've got... It has to be there. In the context yes. of the story, yes. And they're very clever in the cutaways to the audience just looking horrified to Jay and to Janine and uh, and to Stephen on the sidelines looking horrified. They weren't even looking horrified. They were more looking with uh, empathy. Like, they, they were just like embarrassed Actually, for him. Yeah, yeah, pity and embarrassment. Yeah. But the audience, the shot of them just gobsmacked is very, very They even important. drew an Asian person out there looking shocked. Oh, I didn't notice yeah. that. But yeah. Um, so that, that aspect of it was fine. But yeah, then... No one's got any problem with him hanging shit on women. Is that, ha- is that how you going to find a husband? There's something along those lines he oh, says. Oh, yeah, that line. And they all laugh. Yeah. I'm thinking, but what? I thought, what? Like, what? Like, that's her job? Yeah. Like, a woman's job is to... Yeah. And that... Um. Yeah, that that was... That triggered me a little bit, that line. I was like, oh, it's tone deaf. Well, that's, that's what I thought was interesting watching this episode now. Because the basis of this episode is about a comedian going through a time where he is... Well, he's not moving with the times. He's outdated. His jokes are mm-hmm. very old-fashioned. They're not with it anymore. And it ends up showing up the show for doing The show the now does thing. that. Yeah. yeah. Which... Well, not, not all the time, but it's but it's mostly homophobic jokes that we see quite often now. Yeah. I mean, I don't, I don't feel like we used to see it that often in the earlier seasons. It's only been maybe season seven onwards. Yeah. Since homophobia... It's starting yep. to be a bit more prominent, the homophobic gags. Yeah. I, I read an amazing takedown from Harvey Feierstein about an episode they did in the mid-teens, actually. Um, so, Harvey Feierstein took them down? Yeah. Um, it was... Uh, what was the episode? I'll, I might circle back to it. But so, he, Harvey Feierstein took down... Oh, I'm thinking of Weinstein. I'm, oh, thinking, okay. I'm thinking the guy that's now in trouble for being a sexist moron <laughs> is the one that's showing up The Simpsons, but no, okay, yeah. So, he, but he... Play Carl. Yep. I guess that was season two. They hadn't really done anything. See, this kind of thing they couldn't have done in the earlier seasons either. I don't think it would have fit. It just didn't feel like a Simpsons episode overall. No, and I also felt like there was a lot of there was a lot of silence between the lines. Yes, like, and the, characters not really being themselves either. The, the line readings felt really. Well, I've said my bit. Now you say your bit. And mm-hmm. okay, you've said your bit. Now I'll say my bit again. It didn't feel as much like everyone's in the same room having a good time reading through a script. It felt recorded and pieced together in a studio, in an editing suite. Homer um, was very dumbed down in this. Mm. Some scenes a bit too much. It uh, worked in some parts. But in the, 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 
my let's get to it, my favorite moments. My favorite moment was when he booed Krusty for the first time at the home show. Mm. Which is like, <laughs> no reason, just boo. But then the don't you hate pants? Don't you and hate pants? He says to throw his pants at yep. the end. <laughs> Instead of tomatoes. I thought it was great. That was really funny. I was really a big fan of him yelling at the bird. It's not enough to just want a cracker. Yeah. <laughs> but it's like when Marge sets it up that the, the bird you want to argue with. So you think it's a talking bird. Yeah. The bird doesn't talk at all. It well, just yells at a bird. It's obviously said Polly wants a cracker yeah. beforehand. But, but it's like the bird doesn't actually talk to him at all. Yeah. <laughs> uh, here's the Harvey Firestein thing. So this just kind of yeah. shows the way the comedy, I guess... Evolved or devolved, depending on how you want to look at it. Ye- so, um, I don't know exactly when this was. We said years later that they contacted him when they wanted Carl to return for an episode, but I didn't really like their approach. It had nothing to do with my character. Homer and Marge have a fight. She throws him out and he has no place to stay. So, he runs into Carl, who sets him up with a pair of gay men. Oh, yeah, two, three gays in a condo. Three gays in a condo. All they needed for me was to introduce him to these gay, uh, to these gay guys. But the script was basically a lot of very clever gay jokes. And there wasn't that Simpsons twist. Jim Brooks and Matt Groening and those writers have always added that extra something beneath the surface and it just wasn't there. Basically, Homer had a lot of fun just hanging out with gay men, drinking in bars, dancing in discos and all that. But there was nothing. There was no commentary there. Every restaurant had a silly game name. The gym had a silly game name. Yeah. They were all double entendres, obviously. And I said, anybody could do this. You're the fucking Simpsons. Do something that we've never seen before. That is kind of what I feel in this episode. That for the most part, this is a... And maybe this is why, you know, you say that it doesn't feel like a Simpsons episode because it just feels like a anything episode. That there's not... There are the Simpsons characters, but beyond that, they're not really telling a Simpsons story nah. or going be, beyond the surface. It's in a this journey one. of Krusty from being a jerk to being a jerk. Being yeah. a popular jerk to once again just being an unpopular jerk. Yeah. Now, all of that aside, it's still an... In- it's still a fun episode. Like, there's enough in there I that makes them. you laugh yeah. that's, that's good. It's just that it doesn't quite have that higher level. And for that, you know, I feel like it's a 6 or 7 out of 10 is episode there any, at best. Any positives in this episode? Well, just that there is some good comedy. Yeah. That's the main thing. There's, I nothing, really, there's nothing uplifting about it, though, is there? Marge is really good in it. Marge, yeah. Marge gets some fantastic it was, sides. It was and, weird, though, seeing her getting annoyed with the period joke. So, she's annoyed with this Not so much annoyed. She was shocked. Yeah, yeah. But then she starts laughing at the very next line about the boyfriends with the tongue ring. Mm. Marge would never have... What? what? Well, shock laughs. Embarrassed laughs. Mm. She's been, you know, the period line. She's had a wine out. She's been knocked out of her comfort zone. But more to the point, her knowing how to distract Homer with the talking bird. Like, just shopping's going to be easier if I get rid of you, go talk to the bird for a while. Uh, getting excited about the shoe shopping with the kids. Yeah, that's very Marge. Which was, yeah, that was very good. Shoes um, for everything. <laughs> Lisa, I have his $42. That's everything I have. Go buried in the backyard. I love you, Mum. Bar- yeah, like that. that's brilliant. <laughs> good little bond between Lisa and our Marge. The only thing is, could she have just gone home? <laughs> yeah. She'd have to bury it in the yard. But yeah. they're home now. What, she's going to dig it up again? Or is she going to stay in the ground? True. <laughs> um, but the gag itself was funny. The gag is very funny. <laughs> Apart from the fact that Lisa buries it in the front yard because that's the only way it works visually. I think it's better if you didn't see Lisa burying it. Just leave it at, I love you, mum, and her leaving. Then You didn't have to see Lisa burying it. It's a nice moment of giving her the thumbs up, but then mm. it's just like, well, we're home now. Yeah. yeah, you just have to dig it up. Yeah. Still, the money was safe. <laughs> at the end of the day, it's all fine. <laughs> Over just emptying his wallet. Yeah. I like the look of Krusty a la George Carlin. Yep. Was, that was kind of cool. Now, so this is something that I'm assuming many comedians go through. The whole feeling like they've lost touch with comedy. 
Can you recall any... I think it depends on the type of comedian. Okay. But certainly... But see, Krusty's... That's the other thing. Krusty's not a comedian. Well, I guess in this when his have backstory... When have ever seen Krusty do stand-up? We never have, but his backstory is that he used to be. Yeah. So, but yeah, was, I was think... He, was he a stand-up, though? Or was that just the, 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 the backstory they gave him for this episode? The backstory they gave him for this episode yeah. is what I mean, yeah. Um, I guess it's one of those things where, as far as comedians losing touch, that the more successful you get, you the, it can be difficult to re- to produce stuff that's relatable to everyday life. So, I think that's where you see comedians often go on sort of career trajectories where it'll be beginning in clubs and they'll just be doing jokes, just everyday run-of-the-mill, you know, don't-you-hate-pants jokes, yeah. <laughs> like just stuff about everyday life. Then when they start to get a little bit of traction, they'll start to move segue into telling life stories. They might start putting together shows that are about things that, have been more transformative in their life and things that are a bigger deal. The best shows are the ones that start with a story and then end with the same story, but just tying everything else back to that first story. Yeah. I really enjoy those kind of stand-up routines. Yep. Uh, then if they become mega successful, and it can be different in Australia to America because in America you can tour the same show for 10 years and there's that many people there that that's fine, whereas in Australia you kind of need to come up with a new hour every mm. year. The UK is very much the same. Um, but if you get too big and you're not, like you get to a point where you're performing it so much that you're not getting time to experience life and then just write anymore. New stuff, yep. Yeah. And that Stuart Lee did a really fantastic deconstruction of this called Carpet Remnant World where he was like, you know, I'm I'm 42 years old. My life, I, I have a two-year-old child. So my life is basically traveling up and down the motorway to perform comedy shows and then I come home and I look after the child. He's like, I have nothing to write about. Um and then he manages to get a two-hour show. That's like when you ask me what I've been doing this week. Yeah. Nothing to talk about. I go to work, I come home, I look after a yeah, child. Exactly. So <laughs> that that's kind of the point that Krusty's at now, and he's not been able to work his way back out of that to, to figure out how to connect to an audience anymore. He's kind of... But think, also he does I think a lot of comedians become a time capsule of the year that they were very successful. The best ones can continue to evolve. So also, yeah. Jerry Seinfeld, for example... Yep. When I saw him a couple of years ago, he would have been perfect. For, this would have been the perfect episode for a Seinfeld guest cameo. It would have been actually, yep. yeah. Um, but yeah, he was, f- he is phenomenal at still being able to. I guess his stuff is kind of timeless, but he's still able to connect with things that work today. Um, Will Stuart Anderson, Lee, how long has he been a comedian for? Stuart, yeah. uh, since the early nineties was when he was okay. late eighties, early nineties. Picked up late nineties. That's when he got really popular. Yeah. And he kind of got really popular, then he disappeared for a bit, and then he picked up again in the mid-2000s. Went away and experienced life and came back. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> um, but yeah, so the very best can continue to evolve. But then, say, Barry Humphreys would be a classic example of someone who got really big doing a shtick and went, that's me for the next 20 years. And then each year, you kind of gradually degrade your own legacy because people go, oh, you're still doing that thing. Yeah, from... yeah it's not a as... A guy dressed in drag isn't Yeah, funny not anymore? cool anymore, Barry. Uh, and then he'll end up going on a rant about Political correctness gone mad. Well, I was going to actually bring that up. Um, b- before I get into what I want to discuss, though, you brought up about how Krusty um, not being able to experience life, and that's why he's out of touch here. I also think it's an element of Krusty just lives a different lifestyle to the average person. Mm. So he doesn't experience the same things. Yeah. So things like the telephone book, 
that's foreign to him. But everyone's like, no, that's that is just normal. Yeah, like that's that's what I think they're going for here more than Krusty not being able to experience life. Krusty has a pretty extravagant life. It's just that Krusty lives a very different life to the average person, which is why he can't understand the new comedy. Yeah, no, definitely. That's a hundred percent the case when he's going through. Uh, what's the you know the thing about something about getting a Schmitz. There's a lot of oh, well, there's a lot of Jewish jargon yeah, yeah. thrown thrown into this episode. What I wanted to throw out there too was um, so we have a comedian in Australia, who a I, comedian Chris Lilly, who no who I see this and think of immediately is Kevin Bloody Wilson. Oh, is he still around? He's still doing shows. Oh. I've told the story on the you podcast. You shouldn't be. You shouldn't be going to see Kevin Bloody no, Wilson so, in 2019. So Nicola um was she wanted to buy me a birthday present, right? And I once told her, oh, as a kid, my dad had this tape of Kevin Buddy Wilson. So that's the first ever stand-up comedy they ever heard was Kevin Buddy Wilson on this record it might have been. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I was a little kid. And Nicholas saw Kevin Buddy Wilson's coming to town. And she thought, oh, Brenda would love that. He's, when he was a little kid, he listened to it. She had no idea who he was, blah, blah, blah. Yep. So she gets me a ticket. And I was kind of like, oh, cool. <laughs> like, I, I didn't want to like make it feel bad. You didn't take Phil along, I hope. <laughs> no. <laughs> I think Phil might have been the one that was just like, oh, yeah, I find his comedy funny. I don't know. Oh, really? Yeah. <laughs> It's, it's one of those things. Like Kevin Bloody Wilson is an Australian comedian. Uh, many listeners internationally would know who he is, I'm assuming. He's very, very, very racist. Hugely racist. To the point where I felt very uncomfortable in the show, five minutes in, mm. where I wanted to leave. When you were the only person not wearing a hood. Where I wanted to leave, right, it was all tank tops and thongs, right, in the in Crown Casino. I wanted to leave, but it was the fear of what would happen if I got up and walked out. Right, okay. Because we were second row from the second so Kevin Bloody Wilson is the leader. It was just uh, no, it was just like that. I feel like he would have pointed it out because he starts his show off with fucking political correctness. There's gonna be none of that here. Don't be a fucking sook. And I was like, what? Nicola looked at me like, what just happened? I was like, I we, we didn't have to say anything. We're just like, I I get it. Like this is not good at all. Mm. And the show was about how just degrading Aboriginals and all this other stuff that was funny in the eighties, I guess. But to a particular type of yeah people, but yeah, like but it is and, that, and he's doing yeah. and then if you type Kevin Bloody Wilson racist into uh, Google, the first thing that comes up is an article where him and two other comedians who are very similar to him were given the front page of the Daily Telegraph to write an article. And the whole, whole article is about how everyone's soft now and political correctness has just killed comedy. Hmm. But it'd be like if Steve Fizard was still doing the carpet go- um, mm. ads from Fast Forward, like it's. You know, it's that thing that... Con the Fruiterer? It's difficult. Yeah, Con the Fruiter, definitely. Uh, it's But the guys from Fat Pizza play it up, though. Is, is it okay because they are Greek? Or... Well, are they Greek? I think they're Lebanese. Lebanese, sorry. Pizza. Okay, yeah. Uh, probably a little... Bit, like, you know, I mean, yeah, you're allowed to own it. Like, Chris Rock's allowed to make fun of the hood um, or the ghetto. Like that. So, you're only allowed to make fun of it if, you've, if you're from that minority You're not now? allowed to... Well, you don't necessarily have... It's all about positions. So, you can't do it from a position of power, punching down at people in a minority mm. group. That is not cool. I get that, yeah. Yeah, like that's... It's just fucking common sense. Like, you, it's not okay to make fun of people that that can't... That can't make fun of you back. I think that's a big part of it. Like, you've got all of the power, you've, you've got all of the position of strength, and then you've got... Like you take on the low target, like it's just. Where does South Park fall into things then? Well, South Park doesn't ever really punch down. They just hold up a mirror to everything, basically, and mm. they make fun of white America, probably more than anything else. So, if a white comedian made fun of white people just as much as African Americans, would that be okay? 
it would it, it all depends on context. Yeah. But South Park South Park managed to create a universe where it never feels mean spirited. Yeah. So that I think is kind of how they get. It's always through. had that aura of just being cool, I guess. A little bit, uh, but yeah, like it's it's they built that it's, reputation. It's an intangible early. thing. It's hard. It's hard to you know you look at the guys from Shitty Walk like that. In and of itself, you go well. That's that's a racist impression of Chinese people, but they managed to yeah construct it. It's almost like they've got their own little alternate reality going on where everything is okay. And I think it's because they never back down from anybody. Like you know, they'll go after Scientologists, they'll go after, they'll go after whites, they'll go after gays, they'll go after blacks, they'll go after rednecks, they'll go after literally any topic that's on the table. In context of this episode. I think, like, if just say an eight-year-old started watching this That's episode. That's right, there's an episode. Yeah. Sorry. How long have we been talking for? Uh, quite a while. So, uh, it's been good. Um, an eight-year-old watches this episode. I feel like they would laugh at Krusty doing the miso soi. Because Probably, because it, it, it sounds silly. It sounds silly and sounds funny. Yeah. If if I'm just watching it, I'm not going to lie. I laughed. But I was laughing more at the fact that how out of touch it was. Yeah, it's not like you're allowed... It's not like you're not allowed to laugh at that. Uh, it's... But yeah, you're laughing at the. But Bart, Bart's laughing, laughing at for at the reasons the, that he shouldn't be. That's true. Yeah. Whereas you're laughing at how inappropriate it is. Yeah. The fact that someone would go out and do that. One little bit of detail that I never picked up on until I watched it here was Bart blaming the acoustics of the house again. Later yeah. On. The acoustics in here <laughs> was to an audience of three. Yeah. I thought it was great. But should we get into the uh, new names? <laughs> we should. Uh, let me just see if there was anything else. Just that I a wanted. couple. Because I promised Nicola we wouldn't go too long today. Because as you can hear, Ali is a right mess out there tonight. Ah, he seems fine. <laughs> Does he? Uh, Wait, do you have one? <laughs> From this day forward, your names will be... So, new names. What do you have for this week? Do, do, I actually... I've just gone with George Harlequin. That's pretty good. Yeah, it is pretty good. Uh, I was going to say... Uh, no, nah, I'm not actually... I, I just thought of one just then. I'm not going to say it. It's too embarrassing. Uh, <laughs> go for it. <laughs> no, because you always look at me and degrade me and make me feel bad. No, okay. I'll be positive this time. I was just trying to... <laughs> no, I'm not going to do it. I will. I'm not going to do it. Positive. Yeah, I'll be nice. I don't believe you. I'm not going to do I'll it. I'll be nice. I promise. I'll do it. I'll I say promise. It. That can be the last words. I'll say it at the end. No, no, no. You do it now. <laughs> no, I don't you want don't to. want. If you say it at the end and it's bad, you don't want that to be like the <sighs> last. You don't want that to be the shit taste left in your mouth and have me reaching for the bleach again. <laughs> I don't want to do it. The show crust go on. Okay. No, I'll go with. I'll it's not good. That. It's <laughs> but fine. Whilst it doesn't you... fit the episode. No, it doesn't. Lot, but it's okay. Oh, no, because he showed. He retires and it doesn't. Retire? Yeah, a little bit. Anyway, uh, so new names. If you want to contribute to the new name segment, you're just going to be a $2 plus patron. Patreon.com slash forfinger this again. You get access into the Facebook group. Mitch, what have the patrons contributed this week? Jordan Lewis with Homer's War on Pants. I was hoping there's going to be some pant related ones. Yeah. The fact that he throws his pants at the end, just, oh my God. Oh, so Neil good. Parks. This is a good one with the big shtick. Mm-hmm. Referencing the Big Sick movie that came out a little while ago that I've still not yet watched, but okay. hugely successful and good comedy. Apologies if you can hear Nicola playing peekaboo outside. The J, uh, Lewis Douglas Kavanaugh with the J Canyon Leno show. It's That's a stretch. It's, a, it's hard to get out of your mouth yeah. is the main problem with that one. Herschel Krostovsky's Comedy Crusade. Mm-hmm. Uh, sorry, that came in from Dougie Penman. Alistair Danik, 10 Things I Hate About Pants. <laughs> That's good. <laughs> um, David Nayer, Krusty Seven, Solis Revenge. Can you... Somebody do like a Passion of the Christ, but do crust and... Uh, I think I did say a Passion of the Crust. I'm sorry. To whoever contributed the Passion of the Crust, I know that it was there. It was but actually one, was it? Okay. Yeah, but Facebook is just let me down. So, my apologies for that one. Uh, Sean Hogan, Earn Your Crust. Mm-hmm. 
David Hamish Abbott-Smith with a rather Pavlovian rhyme, Krusty's getting rusty. Give us one more. King of the Shill from Steve Matthews. That'll do. Thank you, Steve. Thank you to everyone that contributed this week to the new name segment. Like I said, $2 plus patrons get access into the Facebook group mm-hmm. and you get stories like Mitch getting shit in his mouth or on his mouth. Yeah. Uh, me saving spiders and whatnot. But now, Mitch, it's time for some... <laughs> absolutely fly through this review because yeah. we've, we've been talking about 45 minutes. We haven't got... Anyway. Favourite moment? No, it's time. I've already done mine. Oh, Are okay. You... Well, I didn't do mine. Okay. It was Lisa and Marge just flat batting the answers to rhetorical questions. Like... You know, white pages and blue pages. Oh, What's, uh, yes. Sorry, and yellow pages. What's next? Blue pages? They have those uh, uh, government uh, listings. It was like the how disappointed she was. <laughs> yep, that was amazing. <laughs> yeah. you, know, Just, you know what was awkward was Marge asking Lisa for translations of Spanish soap operas. Oh, okay. When it was like, take me under this dance, under this oh, having Oh, having her say that out loud. Yeah, and then Marge, gone, bit... Marge not being awkward about it. She's like, mm. Yeah. I was like, because that didn't go anywhere. It was just had Marge and Lisa watching TV. Mm. The TV just needed to be on. Yeah, that's Bart true. runs down and says, "Quick, turn this off. Put Krusty on." It's just an odd addition to the episode. Yeah, but uh, before we get into the review, it's time for everyone's favorite segment: it's trivia. Next question: You there, eating the paste? Do we kick off this week, Mitch? Sure. Who declared Krusty the best newcomer of 1959? Ah, uh, no, Spencer Tracy. Spencer Tracy. My first question is. What's the headline on the front of the newspaper when Krusty's reading the reviews? Oh. Figs. No, don't remember. I think you referenced figs there. Thank you. Dogs, dog kills cat, comma, self. Self. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> Where does Krusty go on his bender? What three bars? Oh, no, I don't know the three bars. I do you know that he drinks out of the Stanley Cup? Stanley and Cup. And we're not happy about it. Yeah, like the the NHL sent the Simpsons to cease and desist, yeah. like they own a copyright yeah. on a trophy. I don't. Doesn't, but it doesn't even say like that NHL works. on it. It's no. just a glass trophy. He goes to the gutter room, blottos, and the bloated liver. The bloated liver. Uh, if you asked me what he drank out of, I could tell you that. Mm. Well, Plus, I didn't. Yeah. So. <laughs> How much did Marge have in her wallet? Forty-two dollars. Forty-two, correct. Uh, what color was Krusty's key ring? When was he using it? Canyonero, when he gets into the car. Oh, I'm going to say yellow. It was pink. Pink. And finally, for me, how much does the Canyonero weigh? Think of the song. I want the full description. No, I don't actually know. 65 tons of American pride. 65 tons. I don't think it weighs that much. I don't think any car could weigh that much. I don't think anything weighs that much. I don't think the Pyramid of Giza weighs that much. But apparently, it's 65 tons of American pride. I had a really good argument with someone about the pyramids over the weekend. In what way? Uh, they were trying to claim that aliens had put them there. Going oh, on, they con- always going on a conspiracy rant, and they're like, "We couldn't do that now." Like, I mean, if we if we were able to do it, why don't we do it? I'm like, because it's already fucking there. Like, why would we need to do it again? They've been built. We built the Burj Khalifa, and it's a lot more complicated than putting some rocks on top of each other. You moron! I was going to say because they would look better, and it would take away from the originals. Yes. <laughs> It's like when they made new Star Wars films. They should have left it. Yeah. <laughs> George Lucas comes in with a digital upgrade of the pyramids. Yeah. <laughs> Jar Jar's just sitting on top. He's the tour guide. <laughs> He's the Sphinx. Misa, Misa. Actually, the Sphinx is Jar Jar's head with Jabba's body. <laughs> yeah, that would be perfect. All right. The original air date of The Last Temptation of Crushed was February 22nd, 1998. The chalkboard gag is pain is not the cleanser. The couch gag was the... Uh, the family's rear ends are all on fire. Close to my birthday, actually, that one. February 22nd, 1998. When's your birthday? 
seventeenth. Seventeenth. Turning ten years I old. It was twenty seventh. Yeah, it's yeah. pretty close. So you yeah. would have been. Maybe your birthday party that weekend? Yeah, possibly. And I, Your 10th birthday like party. You, you like to ask me what happens. In the, yeah, yeah, my 10th birthday party. I went um, to mini golf down at... Uh, um, no, no, no. The Adventure Go- uh, Ballerine Adventure Golf. Drysdale. Ocean Grove. Oh, it's near Drysdale. Oh, well, it's near Drysdale. Yeah. But anyway, That's yeah. That's what I meant, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and I, from memory, I had a cake in the shape of a 10. We all did, didn't yeah. we? Chocolate with Smarties on top and sprinkles. I remember mum made me a Bart Simpson's cake for grade three. I found a yeah. photo of it the other day. Oh, actually, I had a run-in with the spider at that 10th birthday. So, my um, two cars, I had a few kids that were going down. The car in front of us on Mercer Street just almost went at 90 degrees to the curb. Kids get, like, come flying out of the car, shaking their <laughs> hair everywhere. What happened? Because there, there was a huntsman underneath one of the sun visors. Oh, and, like, no. someone's reached for it, see this spider and whoever's driving. I can't remember if it was my mum or if it was just a family friend. But so they've just gone, <laughs> and just booted it, sent the kids into an absolute panic. <laughs> a massacre. Yeah. It was amazing to watch, being in the rear car. Oh, so you weren't in the car? No, I was in the second car watching it all happen through the front window. Good Lord. Yeah. (laughs) Was it they actually get the spider out? Uh, Yeah, after after a 10-minute sort of sense of panic, they they came. Assess the situation first. Yeah. How do we do this? Yeah. See, if that happened to me, though, I would just still try and get it out without killing it. But that's just how I am. I think they did. Huntsman's a big. You don't want a smushed Huntsman in a car. No. It takes your resale down. (laughs) Um, and the catch gag, like I said, was the catch is a pool of water mm-hmm. and their bums are all on fire and they go in and they're all relieved. It's kind of an old school, like, uh, silent comedy joke or bit. That yeah, one. you don't have to hear the sound for this one. Yeah, yeah. sure. Uh, starts off with everyone at the Springfield Mall. Um, Marge wants to get some new shoes for the kids, mm-hmm. church shoes. Um, she sends, like you said, Homer off to argue with the bird just to get him out of the, the equation. Basically, mm-hmm. they just didn't need Homer in this scene. Pretty um, much. And we get an appearance from Gil Gunderson, don't we? Yeah, but not voiced by Gil. Like, it's kind of well, half it's, it's, animated. It's, it's, half, it's half Gil, Gil, half not. Yeah, I looked it up weird. and he is... Is he credited as he's Gil? He's credited in this episode. So, he is mm. credited as being in The Last Temptation of Crust. So, I'm assuming... Well, it is Gil, but it's just a weird version of him. It's like they hadn't... Well, I guess he was... It in, doesn't fully look like Gil, though. Doesn't it? No. Okay. Like, yeah, I'll, I'll bring that it, up. Like, that's... It's Gil. It's, an, it's Gil. It's kind it. of Gil, yeah. but it's not. It's like someone trying to forge a signature. Like, it's a forgery guild. Yeah. But see, the thing is, he was in Realty Bites, right? Mm-hmm. So, these episodes were all produced at a similar time. Similar they did, time, They didn't yeah. know Gil was going to be a recurring character at this point. Yeah, that's very true. Uh, maybe he's just designed... Maybe Gil just looks like a shoe salesman. Yeah, it could be that. And it's just coincidence. They're mm. very similar. But so, at some moments, though, he did sound like Gil, and others he didn't. Yeah, it just wasn't... It wasn't the full... Like, Gil's more upbeat. This yeah. guy was really downtrodden. Really broken. Yeah. Really yeah. broken. It, the, you know what got me, though? The sound of his back. Cracking as The sound down. of back's cracking always gets me. Just, oh, really? Yeah. I don't like it at all. They need a good, stiff, all-purpose dress shoe. Something for church, but also for doctor's appointments, dental checkups, piano recitals, building dedications, visiting elderly relatives, haircuts, and shoe shopping. Well, we have a brown shoe. Did you hear that, kids? Brown! Oh, rats! Talk about bad luck! I forgot to wear socks today. Guess I can't try those on. Yeah, no problem. You could wear the store sock. Ew. Ah! Oh, would you mind lacing them up, kid? I have a bad back. Hey, if you didn't want to tie shoes, you shouldn't have become a shoe salesman. 
<sighs> what comes next, Mitch? Yeah, Homer arguing with the bird. Yes. <laughs> That's where you're wrong, pal. Just the blank face of the bird is great. Yeah. Um, the kids, uh, well, the shoes are two sizes too big. You'll grow into March them. line, you'll grow into them. That is something that I remember strongly from my childhood. Especially for shirts. For anything, Mom, the jump is too big. You'll grow into it. Yeah. yeah I like that. When? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, we're buying shoes for now, not for a year and a half away. They walk past the Laugh to You Care little booth. Mm-hmm. Um, they want to promote that they've got a comedy festival coming up. Yeah, uh, for charity. I love the way that the guy just walks on from ignores Marge. Yeah, because <laughs> it's that thing of like when you're in this job, you've, you it's like look, you don't care how the person actually is. No, and I don't have time. No. It's like I've just got to get people to sign up to this thing, yeah. lady. I don't need your life story. Yeah, exactly. It's, that's how it would have been too in the telemarketing. Oh, you went to telemarketing. Oh, no, you were customer was, service. Yeah, you? I was always okay. customer service. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Did I tell you about the telemarketer that got my name wrong the other day? No, it's the first time I've ever hung up on a telemarketer. Like normally, I'll make. A polite enough excuse, because look, they're just trying to do a job like everyone else. You just tell them that you're not 18, they can't talk to you anymore. Yeah, or no, I'm not the homeowner. Sorry, yeah. I, I'm only renting. But then they say, oh, when will they be home? I just say, I'm not 18, because then they're legally not allowed to talk to you. Yeah, that works as well. Yeah. Uh, but so I got one the other day, it was for solar panels, and it was, hello, can I speak to Grinter? <laughs> they thought you were Grinter. Yeah, I'm like, <laughs> so at first, you I'm became like, share. I'm like, <laughs> in my head, I'm like, you haven't started on a good on a good note yeah. here. I'll see what you're trying to get me. Yeah. But it's like, I'm like, yeah, that's me. Like, thank you. So, Grinter, the reason for the call. Like, no, nah, this isn't happening. <laughs> <laughs> I like that you went all Hank Azaria there. What do you mean? With the voice. <laughs> well, that was a close enough approximation. <laughs> to... Full Hank. Full Hank. <laughs> uh, they then speak to Homer. Um, Bart sees the guest list and realizes that there's no crusty on mm-hmm. there. And he's... Bart seems to always... Forget that Krusty isn't like the king of comedy. No. He's not the be-all and end-all. Yeah. But in Bart's life, he is, though. He is everything. Mm-hmm. I like the nicknames for Krusty. What, the Sultan of Seltzer? The Prince of Pies, the Sultan of Seltzer. Yeah. <laughs> then we get the Hibbert extended laugh, which just fell flat for me. Yeah. It, no, no, but it did make sense. you got someone asking, do you like to laugh? And you're in the writer's room. You're going to pitch. Let's get Hibbert in there. Yeah. Just went, I don't know. It's one of, it, I, it was supposed to go so long that it was funny. It just never felt funny to me. Mm-hmm. The Comedy Festival and Bart... Did you see Bart rock up on his bike? Yeah. On the exterior, yeah. Um, meets, up bumping, meets Jay Leno, asks him, you know, I'm looking for Jay Leno. You know, the only thing about Jay in this is that it's really hard to tell if it's his... Like, his neck looks like his chin and yeah. his chin looks like his neck. But the thing is, you said before that uh, some of the comedians weren't written like their true selves. Leno was perfect here. Yeah, yeah, Leno it was. It felt like Leno. Yeah. Someone get this kid a TV. But watching this now, a kid would have no idea who Leno is. He's just disappeared. Yeah, that's true. Same with Letterman. I mean, he had that show oh, on Netflix for a little bit, but he's, just, he's, essentially, he's essentially disappeared. Yeah. Well, he's old enough. He's allowed to. Oh, yeah. By all means, go. You've, been, you've worked hard. Mm. I feel like life. of the two, Letterman went out better. Because Leno had the scrap with Conan. Yeah. He came back and his show wasn't very successful when he came back. And then he tried to do that variety he left, show. He left a bad taste. And that was a failure. Whereas Letterman left. You did a watch show? I like oh, the car show. No, it was like some six o'clock show or something like really? that. Really? Yeah. Okay. Um, and that was that didn't do very well. So then he went back to the Tonight the Show, and then Jay? Conan got kicked out. Probably was. <laughs> um, whereas Letterman left, and the and then people were like, like a couple months later, they were like, "Come Fuck, back, we want Letterman back on TV." And then uh, yeah, did the my ne- was it called my next guest? I think was the Netflix show. My next guest, yeah, something mm-hmm. like yeah, Barack Obama for the first episode, I yeah. believe. Did he ever interview Seinfeld on that? Don't think he did on that. Okay. No. I oh, know. No. Maybe. I'm thinking of comedians and cars of 
he did a comedian's yeah. in cars getting coffee with Seinfeld. Yeah, that's what I'm thinking of. Yeah. Yeah. Excuse me. I'm looking for someone named Jay Leno. Somebody want to get this kid a TV? Whoa, gee, thanks, Mister. Yeah, just joking. I, I'm Jay Leno. Oh. So what can I do for you? Huh? Well, if you're running the show, how could you leave out Krusty the Clown? Ah, Krusty the Clown. That takes me back. Didn't he die in a grease fire? No, he's alive, and he is so funny you could blots. At least according to his press release. Well, if he's half as alive as you say he is, he's in. Uh, charity, eh? What's my cut? Nothing. I make more than that taking a schwitz. Hey, hey, happy birthday. Uh, now get him out of here. He seems reluctant. Tell him it'll count towards his community service. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. All right, I'll do it. Ugh. Boy, swipe one pair of Hager slacks and you're paying for it the rest of your life. He agrees to it. So then we get the um the actual comedy festival. And Stephen Wright's the first comedian we see. The zebra mm-hmm. gag. Homer doesn't get it. Stephen Wright, it and- I remember, he has a really another really good joke about the dictionary that I used to love when I was younger. Was, um, you know, when you think about it, the dictionary is just a poem about everything. Do you think, though, they had Lisa explain the gag for viewers who wouldn't have got it? Uh, possibly. I, I I guarantee there's a lot of people out there that wouldn't have understood that. There would, Yeah, there definitely would be. Uh, or certainly wouldn't have understood why it was funny. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, it's having a little bit... Uh, Having it a bit both ways. Going to one of his shows, though, do you feel like it could be a very hit and miss show? Because if you go there and you don't understand some of it and everyone's laughing, you'd walk out feeling stupid. You probably, yes, you probably would. It's not the kind of show you you take a random person to. "Hmm, Stephen Wright, never heard of him. Let's see what he's got. You wouldn't do it. Yeah. Well, I mean, you might, but you wouldn't necessarily come out on top. Some people don't want to go to stand up shows and have to think. Yeah. But some people just like to watch Big Bang Theory and be told when to laugh. Yeah. Whereas I like I I adore Stephen Wright and have for from when I was very very young. Didn't I think. he produce uh, Louis? Did he? I'm honestly not too sure if he did. Um, but I just he was a, he's a perfect blend of absurdist comedy and uh, conceptual comedy and just breaking down, you know, the two, how and why. Two prime time nominations for producer of Louis. Yeah right. Yeah. Okay. So one of my favourite jokes was about how he's like, I live in a really old fashioned house. In the bathroom, I've got. Uh, he says force it, but to make it for America, uh, for Australia, is like I've got two taps: one for the hot water and one for the cold water. The shower's like that too. I have to run back and forth real quick. <laughs> uh, you know, actually, I had a shower like that when we were on our honeymoon. Where was it though? I believe it was somewhere in the states. There was two heads. Two heads. One was cold, one was hot. Oh, that's bizarre. In the bath. Yeah, right. It was the fucking strangest Nasty. thing. Nasty. We had to have them both on and like get a good blend and like yeah. splash, 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 splash. It was bizarre. That's messed up. <laughs> it was not. It was not normal. Maybe, maybe they do. Well, they do exist. Maybe someone built it after what he said. Yeah, yeah, possibly. So what happened? So we get Stephen Wright stand up. Homer doesn't get it. Crossy then meets all the comedians, and mm-hmm. he's very dismissive of them. Well, he just doesn't know any of them. Like, and, 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 and it just goes to show instantly that Crusty's lived in his own bubble. But if it's it's just it's basically Crusty's mindset is: if I don't know you, you're nobody. A little bit. You're not important. If he doesn't know who you are, you're not important. Although he's trying though, because it's like, ah, it's this guy with all the, uh, yeah, the jokes. He like he's guess, not trying to be yep, rude. He just yeah. genuinely doesn't know who they are because he's yeah. not kept in touch. Yep. Um, then we get the, I'd be a doctor. It, it, I do agree with you. They do feel like they're, it feels like the writers are making fun of the comedians. Yeah. 
Yeah, when I'm sort of thinking about it more. I, I didn't think of it like that until you pointed it out. Mm. Yeah. It's weird that they would agree to portray themselves like this. Well, I guess they would have been fans of the show. Yeah, but and who wasn't in 98? Yeah. It's time for something special. The man Spencer Tracy called the most promising newcomer of 1959. Please put your hands together for Krusty the Clown. <laughs> so, how about those TV dinners, huh? I tried one the other day. Lightning strikes, the peach cobbler goes out. <laughs> cobbler. The other thing about TV dinners, you don't have leftovers, you have reruns. TV dinner jokes? Ooh, take that, Swansons. <laughs> Didn't like that one, huh? Well, me so shyly. Oh, so. What's he gonna do next, the flapping dicky? Uh-oh, I'm losing him. Time for the A material. Hey, hey! Oh, so, oh, so. Me like the flight life. Me flap a dicky wrong time. Krusty's routine does not go down well at all. New TV dinner jokes. Lightning strikes to the pitch cobbler goes out. That's kind of funny, to be honest. I like how Bart laughs the first time and then sort of tries to laugh the second time and then he just doesn't. (laughs) Yeah. Like Bart's the barometer of the laughter, the the, the vibe in the room. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, I like that. What's he going to do next? The flapping dicky. Crowd booing. Uh Uh-oh. Losing him. Better go for the A material. (laughs) (laughs) Flapping dicky long time. Was that ever a thing? Do people do this? I looked up flapping dicky and it is, uh, yeah, like uh, you'd have to, you may possibly in vaudeville or something like that. Like it'd be a long time ago. Okay. Remember that time we posted that, oh, I posted that meme? Yeah, it did not go down well. Oh no, it did not go down but well. But that's because out of context, it doesn't no. work. <laughs> you learned a valuable yeah. lesson that day, Dad, Dad, <laughs> I did. About, about context and setting and situation. But it was, oh, people, you see no, fans. They just... were right to be upset. <laughs> I can't remember what it was. It was sugar, sugar. Yeah, was, yeah, and I, yeah, was it like fly? It was the sugar, sugar meme. I think it was fly lice, me lucky, lucky, or something yeah, along those lines. Yeah, something yeah. like that. Yeah, me lucky the fly. That's the bad part. Me lucky the fly lice. That's the really like. Whoa. All of it is bad. The teeth oh, is yes. bad. The whole thing is bad. That's the, it's that, all very breakfast. That's activities. the period at the end. You're like, oh, <laughs> then the, the lights just go out. Curtain closes. That's kind of like the crusty. The crusty show will be returning. In a moment. Like, you know, what is it when um, oh, when Bart's gag's not funny anymore? Yeah. And they just shut yeah, the show yeah. down. It's very yeah. similar to that scene. I enjoy it. So, we've got Bart trying to console him out the back after this yeah. scene. Well, Bart would because he's a hero. Yeah. Mentions that the acoustics were bad. I really like the guy that comes into the green room. Um, he's like, five minutes, five minutes Krusty. Uh, I'm not going back on. No, five minutes to get your stuff packed and get out of here. The comedians all make fun of Krusty as well. When he yeah. Hears them. And it's, I think it was better seeing the silhouette. Has more impact. Mm. Not actually seeing him. Just, yeah. yeah. But him falling off the chair, that was a bit much. Mm, I didn't mind. No, no problem. Okay, anyway. So we come back. Uh, Dr. Pimento Grove. Notice that Sideshow Mel's still wearing his Sideshow outfit. Yeah. At the restaurant. That's all I've ever seen him in. Not when, oh, when he was bowling. Yeah, when he was bowling, he was in bowling clothes. Was it Barbara? Was that his wife? I think so, yeah. Something like that. Good shot, Barbara. Uh, Krusty reads all the bad reviews. Best part about this, he has to go through two pages of descriptive <laughs> descriptions before it gets to... His name? Yeah. 
<laughs> so all the words to describe how bad Krusty was. He's just really cruel to, to Mel here. He's cruel to Teeny. Yeah. He's, basically, he's angry at life because he's realized... It's like a, a, I don't know, coming to Jesus moment where it's just like, oh shit, I need to change mm. here because otherwise my career is over. Well, my career is But it's not even over. that. He wasn't trying to change. He was just going to quit. I guess the he, change comes by mistake. Yeah, but that's a thing we should discuss. Should he have just quit? Like, is that the right way to go about this? Okay, so I'm a bit out of touch. Just end my career. Well, it's one seems of two bit, ways to go about it. Seems a bit much, doesn't it? Okay, I've got one bad review. I'm just going to retire. Um, I had one bad routine. Let's retire. While a professional comic is probably not going to do that, I think that is more tapping into the existential kind of fear of any comedian that to tell a joke and not have someone laugh at it is... How does that feel? ...soul-destroying. Oh, I wouldn't know. <laughs> <laughs> No, it's really tough. Like when you throw something out yeah, there, because you would you get, have experienced that at least yeah, once. You get met with silence. You're like, oh, they don't like me. I'm useless. Everything, <laughs> like you, you genuinely question everything about yourself. You're like, oh my god, I'm just like every every idea that I've ever had is stupid, and I'm a hack. And what am I even doing here? I shouldn't have the microphone in my stuff. Like all of those thoughts can run through your head, and I think that can happen depending on your personality, no matter how long you've been in the profession for. Same with athletes too. You have one bad game. It's a mental thing. Mm. A lot of AFL footballers missing goals from 20 metres directly in front now because they're mental. That is, that is yep. put themselves out of it. Yep. Golf is another one. Yeah. Like, it, you know, maybe not so much at professional level, but I'm sure it would creep into their games occasionally. You just get the yips and can come out of nowhere. Like When you're playing with your mates, they're all constantly letting you know about it as yeah, well. Yeah, that's true. But like, yeah, you miss a one-foot putt and then four holes later when you've got... An, like, you could have made... 99 in a row and then you miss one and the next hole the next time that comes around you're not thinking of the 99 out of 100 you made you're thinking of the one that you missed oh my god how am I going to get this in yeah yeah so what would you say is worse telling a joke on stage and not getting a laugh or watching someone tell a joke on stage and not get a laugh being a part of that audience I would much prefer to be the now I would much prefer to be the one who told the joke and didn't get a laugh because I back myself to get out of it I don't like watching someone else really fail badly it's, it's not good is it no that's why I, it's one of the reasons why I almost have a fear of going to stand up for that reason just go see quality shows yeah okay like I wouldn't necessarily recommend going to an open like mic a comedy night. lounge or something like that yeah. well comics lounge is still fun like they're working comics they've been they're, they're going to be good enough to get a laugh but last yeah. time I went there though it was very crusty-esque it was very it was just your typical my wife's this my wife's that oh uh, yeah yeah, that's true. More, try to find... I'll give you some tips. Becky Lucas, if you see any gig that Becky Lucas is on, she's quite good. Was she the lesbian one you were discussing? No, uh, no, 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 no. Um, Kirsty Wayback. Okay. Yeah, she's excellent and mm. really blowing up at the moment in Australia, which is excellent to see. Um, the European Beer Cafe does have a very well-curated uh, comedy room. Spleen has, is a really good one. So, like, there are some really good rooms in Melbourne. And it's not to say that Comics Lounge isn't. Comics Lounge can be great. Uh, but it can also be that little bit old-fashioned, depending on their lineup. It's been voted one of the best in the world, Comics Lounge. They they often have yeah. really f- brilliant talent in there, but they also sometimes have just guys that have just never never taken that next step. Like they've just they found their level in Gabriel Rossi plays there a lot. Yeah, but yeah, like guys who would do cruise ships and pubs and clubs and that sort of stuff, and they make a living off of it, but their material hasn't really been updated. Ever. A lot of comedians go there to practice their material and then mm. do it on television. Yeah. Yeah. Alrighty. So, where were we up to? Uh, Lisa and Marge watching the Spanish yeah, TV. Yeah, so oh, well, Krusty's Bender and then Lisa oh, and Marge yeah. watching yep, the yep. Spanish TV. It's, I, I did like the Bender. 
good music and yeah, good it was visuals. Well animated. Yeah. It's cool. Uh, so the watching the Spanish soap opera is really awkward. Um, then Bart races down, wants to watch Krusty. Krusty's not there. Kent Brockman, the clown. Yeah, yeah. It's just very. This whole scene just felt weirdly written. So Bart just doesn't question why Krusty's in there. He just goes, This is boring. I'm going. It wasn't, uh, he said, this sucks. I'm out of here. Yeah, like he didn't go, where the hell is Krusty? Mm, true. He was just decided to go for a walk. It just felt weird. Mm. He goes out, though. It is pretty great that when he finds the Flanders kids poking Krusty. Yeah. Get away, you little freaks. They scream and run. Run back inside. <laughs> Drags Krusty back up the stairs and pretty much tries to snap him out of it. Oh, yes, he does. When Krusty wakes up in Bart's room... Hairy eyes. This is a really funny scene. So the um, tack in his head, the system of blinks. Not you. Yeah, the tack in the head. That is really great visual comedy. Yep. Hang on, kid. I got a thing here. (laughs) I got a tack in my head. (laughs) I don't think Uh, he actually says he does. Oh, he does. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I didn't didn't need it though. No. But um, it's. I think in my head it was. Sorry, if I had just said I got a thing here, I think that's a better line. But anyway, the thing is, it's only for the crusty based episodes, but. Whenever they go in Bart's room, it's always filled with crusty shit when they need it to. Yeah. Which is one of those continuity things in The Simpsons that shouldn't bother me, but does. Yeah. Well, I guess it's a pain in the ass to animate it in every scene where they need it in there. But yeah. yeah. But it's just when they want to say... Because how many times does Bart have to tell Krusty, I'm your biggest fan? Yeah, true. It's, it's all, they always use this same visual to emphasize to that. To emphasize fact. it. Krusty's um, personal swabs. <laughs> he won't use any of it because it's not good at all. I, you know what I do love? When... um. They have the forms at the end. They're like, it's even your branded uh, forms. And he goes, hmm, quality form <laughs> before he signs it. Uh, but he, does he hire? Yeah, he, oh, he doesn't hire. He just calls up Jay Leno to come yeah, help. Calls Jay. Thanks for coming, Jay. Like, that's the introduction, the fact that Jay's in. Yes. That's sort yeah. of the establishing line to the scene. I lo- do like that they're just sitting there shampooing his hair. Yeah. Like, that's, that's a, again, that's a very funny, cold visual to just come into. And the homophobic gag for the episode. Oh, yeah, they're just impossible. Yeah, give them a stare. Also, too, with the whole... Because uh, you couldn't possibly be a straight man and be a hairdresser. Exactly. In the 90s. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, the the Zo- Zohan movie told us that as well. The Adam Sandler one. Zohan movie did not teach us anything. <laughs> uh, what was I going to say? So, all the shit that was in Bart's and all the crusty stuff, that was also used to emphasize that he is a sellout. Yeah, of course. Yeah, yeah it does. In this episode, it does have a point yeah. like, like a storytelling purpose. yes um homer walks in goes for a whiz and what, what is the line i didn't know you and jade leno were and a monkey were bathing a clown yeah something like that something absurd so i'd like to set up yeah. for a joke an irishman and an englishman going to a bar a little bit actually yeah and then of course there's mom who sounds something like this <coughs> eat your vegetables take a sweater I don't think that's a good idea. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> Take that, Marge. <laughs> Bart does a good job of a Marge impersonation. He does. This we've is also it, we've had it before, though. This is also an element of American comedy to a degree. There's no actual punchline here. Like it's just it's an impersonation doing the voice in an impersonation. But it happens a lot, though. It does. But the best kind of impersonation is when they might take someone's voice and apply it to something different. But like, but but you've shown me videos of Kevin Spacey doing impersonations, and he's he's just saying what they would normally say. Ah, uh, Jack Lemon. He just be he just plays Jack Lemon. Yeah, but in that video, he plays Jack Lemon talking about Kevin Spacey, which is not like so. It's not like he just takes a line of dialogue from Jack Lemon. Matt Damon telling 
asking a producer or director, can I take my shirt off? It's pretty great. Steven Soderbergh, yeah. Just like, yeah, today soon, I think it'd be a good opportunity for me to take my shirt off. <laughs> like, that sort of stuff is, you know, it's really fun. It's taking character and putting him into a different scenario. It's like roasting the guy. Yeah. Whereas Bad Impressions is just... Um, have you ever noticed that it sounds a bit like this? And like, that sort of thing is is not ideal. Uh, anyway. But, uh, so, what happens? So, then Krusty comes on stage. So, Bart, Bart kills. <laughs> yeah. Krusty bombs. Yeah. <laughs> hey, bro! Krusty! Where's my water? Oh, here. Right. Hello! I'm a real person, and as a real person, I've made some humorous observations about real life. For example... Have you ever noticed how there are two phone books? A white one and a yellow one? <laughs> like, what's the deal with that? One's residential, the other is business. Oh. Well, that makes sense. What are they thinking next? Blue pages? They have those. They're government listings. I see. Uh, what about two cent stamps? Pizza pie is very hot these days. Uh, can't open pickle jars, no mail on Sunday. Out of paper towels. Oh, oh, oh. What's the deal with cardboard? Boo! All right, let's just move on to notebook two. I really gotta get dinner started. Me too. I also have to go. Boo! Oh. I just love Homer booing him. No, no support at all. No. <laughs> um, even Marge and Lisa, they can't handle it anymore, so they have to leave. Homer then has to leave as well. Krusty's just come to the realization I'm done. There's a small line in there that I like from Krusty when he when Lisa points out one's residential, the other is business. Oh, well, that makes sense. <laughs> <laughs> Two things also here. I've got. It was really odd seeing Krusty nervous on stage. He has to have a drink of water before yeah, he speaks. Yeah, true. I've never seen him not confident. No. And the other thing was the awkward page turn, trying to go find some new. Trying drinks. to find some stuff. Yeah, <laughs> that was great. Yeah. Just can't open pickle jars. You, you mentioned the pauses. There's a lot more pauses in this episode, but it works perfect there. Yeah. The, like, okay, now what? What this almost reminded me of, and I've done this myself, when you flick through a notepad and you just see headline ideas from something you wrote down three weeks ago and you look back no on it. No idea what it was. Yeah, and you're like, fuck was I thinking? Yeah. <laughs> Sometimes How am I going to get something funny out of that? I'm like, crusty dog. What the hell does that mean? <laughs> <laughs> we then get the press conference because Krusty's just come to the realization it is done. My career is finished. There's no point trying. I can't do it. So I guess he didn't rush straight, in, straight into it. He did try to give it a go. He didn't mm. just decide he's going to retire. Whilst he was about to uh, retire, well, he does retire. He then goes on his tirade. People then find it funny. He realizes, oh, okay, this is going to be my new style of comedy. Announces his return to comedy. This whole press conference, just like I said at the start, just didn't sit well. Didn't didn't make sense. Mm. These were the same people that were hanging shit on him and shocked at his comedy. Now he's making fun of women and all of a sudden it's funny again. Yeah. But anyway, let's forget about that. So, Krusty's back. I did like that um, they made fun of Jay. I wash your hair. Yeah. <laughs> like the, Jay's a good sport. That's what that. I think. Jay was so good in this episode. Yeah. He was willing to take the piss out of himself. I wish they had brought him back more often. Yeah. I'm not a huge fan of Jay's, but here... he, yeah, just, he was quite he, good in this. He fits the Simpsons universe perfectly. Yeah. He could have been like a new... No, nah, he couldn't have been. Yeah. Jay Leno's too busy to have ever been a recurring character. In 98? Yeah. Yeah. What about now? Now I'm sure he'd be happy for the call. <laughs> <laughs> Another thing too, the visual of him when he realizes he gets a couple of laughs and then he grabs the four mics. Like that's where they're start, starting to build. Oh, wait a minute. He's getting that confidence back. Mm. He's not sort of standing there timid. He grabs the mics. He's owning the stage, you know? Yeah. Yeah. We come back at the brouhaha. Now, Mo has apparently installed a brick wall. 
into, ta- into most tavern? Yeah, because you can't do comedy unless you're standing in front of a brick wall. <laughs> exactly. A lot of the time it's just a curtain that looks like a brick wall. So maybe yeah. that's what most Maybe that's got. what it was. Yeah. You there behind the bushes is fantastic. Yeah, it is. Guess no laugh, but it's not plugged in. Yeah. That's a great game. Is this thing on? No. Yeah. Sorry, Mo. <laughs> also, the four drink minimum. That was an obvious joke of Homer. I'll, yep. tr- I'll do it for you, Marge. Further a poo. It's true, though. When someone on stage acknowledges you, you feel so important. Yeah, that's true. Even when it's just a passing comment. Yeah. Uh, brings out Krusty, who now looks very much like Carlin, doesn't he? 90, yeah. 90s Carlin. Uh, well, 70s Carlin. Is it 70s Carlin? Yeah. He, Carlin made the transition in the 70s. Mind you, 90s... I thought it was like mid to late 80s. No. Because um, he, like, he was this by Bill and Ted, and that was 87 or 88, yeah. Yeah. Um, I, he didn't have the ponytail in the early days. He let his hair grow out. But 70s was when he transitioned into being anti-establishment comedy. But I mean, when he had the ponytail, though. Yeah, okay. So, yeah, ponytail was visually, he late like, 80s, early yeah, 90s. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. Yeah, visually, but stylistically, more 70s. Okay, yeah. yep, yep, yep. Um, and ponytails on a man doesn't usually look good. Krusty pulls it off. Yeah, Krusty does. And Carlin did. Did he? All hail Carlin. Yeah. I would <laughs> not love Carlin. I would not hear a negative word about Why that man. Why did you get the Carlin figure for my work? We've got a George Carlin action figure. Oh, do you? We've got a Weird Al action figure as well. I didn't, um, both of those intrigue me. <laughs> I have to look into them. <laughs> They're really good. <laughs> it's, but it's George Carlin as Rufus though. Okay. Well, it's still, it's still Carlin. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, I'm watching TV today. Woo! TV, yeah! All I keep seeing is dead celebrities hawking products. They got poor Vincent Price floating around on a toilet cake telling me about the horrors of an unfresh bowl. (laughs) And I tell you something else. I do not believe Winston Churchill would eat a Dervina schnitzel. There's nothing those Madison Avenue grave robbers won't do to get us to buy their crap. (laughs) Impeach Churchill! Well, here's one dollar those crooks aren't going to get their hands on. (gasps) Uh, Isn't that illegal? I don't care if it is illegal. I'm making a stand here. Who's with me? I am. I work like a dog for this. Oh, you're burning it all wrong, Seymour. It's my allowance, Mother, and I'll burn it the way I want. Take that, you greedy fat cats. March, give me your purse. It's $42. It's everything I have. Run home and bury it in the yard. I love you, Mom. Krusty slays it. They, they love it, don't they? Mm. Ask them to burn their money. Yeah, so what he does here, like, uh, there's not a huge amount that's actually funny in this. This, this is, is just him ranting. This isn't the kind of humor you get in The Simpsons very often, though. No. They're not usually just so blatant. With yep. the anti I do like Wiggum when he's burning the dollar. Uh, isn't that illegal? He's the one asking, <laughs> yeah. is that illegal? Yeah. Uh, Seymour not being able to burn it properly. It's yep. my allowance. <laughs> I'll burn it the way I want. Homer just empties his wallet and burns it. Take that, yep. you fat cats. Much <laughs> <laughs> give me your money. Um, yeah, it's really, really great. Then on the way home. Uh, oh, before that. Uh, well, we a second, salesman. second uh, little gay joke here. Although this one... Um, no, it's still a gay joke. It is still a gay joke, but it's not an overly offensive one. But it also no, doesn't need it can happen now. to happen. There's nothing wrong with a straight man not wanting the advantages of a gay man. Yeah. That's that's what this is. Yeah. So it's not really homophobic. No. No, it's not. Um, and it's like, it's an unexpected, it's a left field thing. Are you thinking what I'm thinking? I hope so. Like, that's not where you if, expect that If you want to, to look too much into it, you could say that it's making, 
sort of making fun of homo, uh, homosexual men. A little bit. I don't, I don't think there's anything wrong with this, no, this no, particular that's, joke. That's if you want to try and find. I thought I made myself that. clear in Boston. Yeah, like, and that that sums it up as, as well. like it takes it from a level of like, firstly, him touching his hand is unexpected, and then you find out that it's happened before, yes. and then it's it's quite funny. Then and that's we... how jokes work. <laughs> <laughs> then you get home, but on the way home, Homer starts telling it like it is. Mm-hmm. You're the fattest one in the car. You have to tell it like it is, Marge. <laughs> <laughs> we see Lisa get the thumbs up. Then they're at the Java Hut. Play on Jabba the Hut. It's a weird place for uh, them to meet up, don't you reckon? That was I thought the Java Hut was the computer cafe where comic book guy and whatnot would hang out. Java the, the Hut, by the way, not the Java Hut. Oh, is it? I always yeah. just I yeah. think in the game it's called Java, the Java Hut. Anyway, yeah. anyway. Um, yeah, well, I suppose. I thought it was because in the Simpsons Hit and Run, I'm certain that's where you have to race comic book guy to. That's like his place, the comic, the computer cafe. Why would Contemporary comedians be hanging out there. Just seems like a weird combination. Yeah. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe it's not the computer cafe, but it seems like it would be, right? Java. Well, I would have thought it's just a cafe. Doesn't necessarily... Maybe they added computers to it later on in life. Let me talk. Simpsons Computer Cafe. Like, to me... Ah, the Java server, it's called. Ah, okay. Ah, okay. That's where I'm confused. Both go. with Java. Yeah. yeah. This, I thought didn't make, make much sense. Yeah, okay. So, I was thinking this more looks like the sort of place where you might do some slam poetry yeah. after hours, which yeah, yeah. makes sense for creative people to be hanging yes. out in. So, apologies to Java the Hut. <laughs> Leno. <laughs> but Leno is trying to... He, he's proud of Krusty. He's made the transition. Mm. If he wasn't afraid of clans, he'd give him a cuddle. Then the salesman arrive. This is really funny. The boing? Yes. Yeah, that is very funny. <laughs> Salesman's name, that should have been a trivia question. Um, so oh, so, so well, his nickname for him. Get to the point, Armani. Yeah. <laughs> like, like he's just reduced him to that. One thing we missed as well, I have it in my notes. Impeach Churchill. Yeah. <laughs> in the stand-up. Uh, the Kenyano Amer- guys are just trying to sell it to Krusty, and they're doing a very good job because it's free. Mm-hmm. But you, like you were saying at the start, it's just one car. Surely Krusty has plenty of money. Yeah. But it is 65 tons of American pride. Yeah, no, I'm not going to excuse. This is just bad storytelling. And I can't get around. It's not bad, it's just... It is bad. It's easy. It's shit. bad storytelling. This takes, like you take... It's all rushed of, storytelling. Take all of the problems that people have had with the six episodes of the eighth season of Game of Thrones and condense it into one episode of The Simpsons and that's basically what's happened here. It's just rushed. Yeah. That's what it is. It's unearned. It's rushed and unearned. Yeah. and But you don't feel that way about Game of Thrones though. I'm not, don't worry, I'm not going to spoil anything. Let's else. not get off on no. that tangent. No, people have been stupid and entitled about Game of Thrones. I'm not going to petition The Simpsons to remake episode 15 of season 9 because I don't like the way it was written. So you mean you've got eight years of free entertainment and you're complaining about it? Yeah. <laughs> anyway. Well, it's not free. It's HBO subscription. Sure. If, you, if, you, if anyone has got eight years of free Game of Thrones entertainment, Dando, they've broken the law. But, which I'm, I'm assuming a lot of people have. Is what a lot I'm trying of people to say. have. People, yeah. The million fucking subscriptions that petition, I yeah, guarantee you 50% of them download it. Probably. So, Krusty is then doing his stand-up. So, we're not sure whether he actually signed the contract or not. He comes out, still dressed like Carlin, still seems like the new Krusty. I brought a bag of money in case he wants us to burn it again. I hope he tells us to burn our pants. These things are driving me nuts. So, this afternoon, two suits come up to me and ask me to endorse some new sports utility vehicle. What do you do? Don't you hate pants? Don't you hate pants? <laughs> just, that would be a good name for like a, a Facebook page or a podcast or something. Mm-hmm. It's like an, it's an obscure Simpsons reference that I think every Simpsons fan can appreciate. Yeah, but no one's ever going to search for it 
Exactly. It's got no Simpsons in the title. But anyway, uh, then he starts talking up the Canyonero and, and his career is just going to fall off a cliff. So this is the thing. His career is not going very well. But was his career not going well? This is, so why did Krusty have to change? Because it's not like his career was in fucking trouble. No, his career was fine. He had to change because it, he didn't feel individually like he was doing good work anymore. He had a moment of actually wanting to be a proper just performer go back to or doing, artist. Just go back to doing what you were making lots of money doing. No, but he realized that that was empty and that's not actually challenging himself and he hasn't been developing at all. We didn't see any of that. You're just assuming that. No, there's a, he has a sentence when he's talking to Bart about how he should have been developing his act these years, but instead he hasn't been. Okay, I don't remember that. Okay, fair enough. I can find it while you No, I believe you, but yeah. Describing uh, things. Uh, so, <laughs> describing things. Everyone's really disappointed. Everyone boos. Homer throws his pants. And Bart here, Bart is very disappointed in his hero, mm-hmm. but still he seems to also appreciate the Canyonero just as much as Krusty. And I did love, and I didn't realize until I listened to the show with headphones, that there's an echo when Bart's saying, it is roomy. Yeah. Did you hear the echo? Yeah. Okay. Uh all these years, I should have been working on my act, but I was too busy selling out. Now, I'm just a tired old hack. So, he didn't need to change in terms of... Yeah, like he was successful, but th- not in the way that he wanted to be successful anymore. For one act of an episode. For, yeah. <laughs> for a few minutes. <laughs> Literally one stand-up routine. Well, yeah. He's the new Krusty for what, a week? Yeah, about that. <laughs> he's, he's booked two shows. And by the second one, he's back to being the old Krusty. Yeah. And it's, at the end of this... All I gather from it is that Krusty doesn't give a shit about anyone but himself. Mm-hmm. He's happy just making money. He doesn't care about the quality of, of his material as long as he's making money, yeah. which is fine. I mean, if I was getting paid, would you sell out for the money that Krusty's on? We all would. Would we not? Come on. Uh, um, Be serious for a minute. It depends. I mean, right now, yes. Yeah. But like, the it depends on how much money you have before you get the offer. Yeah, I don't know. I would. <laughs> It's like if you're an actor and your first job is a KFC ad or something like that. Like, yeah, fucking take that. Do yeah. whatever you need to do. But if you're Hugh Jackman and KFC come calling, maybe you go, ah, don't need you I'm, now. Okay. I'm okay. Yeah. But uh, so anyway, so all in all, I think Krusty came out of this episode looking pretty bad. I don't think he has any positive qualities at all. No, he doesn't. He just... And that's like, yeah. And that's the main, like I said, the main issue with this as a structural episode is that it just... It's circular, it's a loop, but not in a good way. It's kind of like no a, one, yeah. It's like a circle of nothing, pretty much. Yeah, didn't nothing changes, but like, no, nothing necessarily has to change. Nothing has Simpsons. to change, no. But it was it's set up to change, and then they just take it yeah. away from you without any real impetus. That's the thing. Yeah, yeah, they they build up this change for two whole acts, and then yeah. within five minutes, he's back to being the old one. Yeah. Now the Canyon Arrow ad, like I said, it is brilliant. It's just I just wish the other, the rest of the episode was as brilliant as the Canyon Arrow ad is. But we'll talk about that because people are going to, to want to know about it, like, or want to hear our thoughts on that. Um, I, so it's the they enjoyed it so much. It's based on four commercials. Yeah, and the rawhide theme music. Hank from, Williams Jr. sang the song. Yeah, yeah, really. Yeah. It's pretty sweet. Can you name the truck with four wheel drive? Smells like a steak and seats thirty five. Can you narrow? Can you narrow? Well, it goes real slow with the hammer down. It's the country pride truck endorsed by a clown. Canyonero. Canyonero. Hey, hey. The Federal Highway Commission has ruled the Canyonero unsafe for highway or city driving. Canyonero. 
so like yeah like that ad is hilarious the, the, you know the fire like spontaneous fires that sort of stuff I never found it as funny as everyone seemed to f- it's fine but it's not this fucking classic like everyone makes it out to be now I feel like it's got this new life of its own especially in meme pages and stuff everyone goes crazy for the Kang Nero song that's fine it's just got a good rhythm yeah got a good tune I don't know same with paint paint my wagon mm. or paint your wagon everyone goes nuts for that oh, it's it's okay yeah I was never huge on Paint Your Wagon. Yeah, Caniero is fine, but it's not like a classic to me. It doesn't it doesn't even feel like a Simpsony song? Well, there you go, Caniero fans. If you stuck around through an hour and fifteen minutes of but, this, but you were just saying at the start, like, the, so I was going to say that the writers thought it was so great that they didn't want to. They were just going to have it in the, in the credits. They thought it was so good they dedicated an entire last minute mm-hmm. of the episode to it, so it didn't get lost in the credits. Did it deserve it? Um. Well, well yes, I, I think it's. I, I think it did deserve it in that it's the best thing that they've got in the episode for the most part. Yeah, just, I guess being at the end is the best place for it if you're going to do it. It just feels out of place. A little bit. The fact that it comes back to it felt That's out of it. place. That's it. Yeah. It, goes, go, it finishes and then it comes back to it again. Yeah. Yeah, that is nothing that I can remember them doing before. For something that feels like it would have more, it would have been better suited to just being an organic part of the episode rather than almost like a old school video you remember when they had um, almost like Blu-ray bonus features? They would have them at the end of a movie on a VHS. Almost oh yeah, felt like that. Stay around, stick around, uh, yeah. Start, say, stick around for the feature presentation. Or yeah, stay stay around after the feature after presentation. The feature presentation. Yeah. And yeah, so this is almost like a deleted scene that they've thrown in, but included as a addendum or an appendix to the like episode. the Avengers of Ned Flanders. Yeah, a little bit like that. But this actually was in relation to the episode. Yeah, but that one wasn't. Yeah, but all in all, a fine episode. It's, all, it's, all, yeah, like all in all, we've, we've shit on it a lot, but for valid reasons. It's not a bad episode. There's a lot of it's nitpicking just... that you can do with it, but you'll still have fun watching it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. What did we learn, Palmer? So, what did you learn from the episode, Mitch? Uh, I learned that the top of Krusty's hair is apparently a lot longer than you would have thought to be able to get that back down to the ponytail. That is true. Yeah, <laughs> I never thought about that. I learned that there's absolutely nothing wrong with being a sellout, even though you don't believe that. No, well, I'm. Sell out's such a loaded word. Mm. Like, there's did ma- he sell out, or did he just take advantage of an opportunity? Well, this, and this is where I, I think, in his case, yes, he sold out because he was putting his name to products that he didn't give a shit about and were crap in quality and blah blah blah. But this isn't sixty-five tons of American pride. This isn't a shit fucking pregnancy the test. Swabs that burn your eyes. But this isn't a pregnancy test. This is a brand new top of the range car. No, he sold out. The Canyon Arrow thing is classic selling out because he was just talking in the middle of an act where he's talking against people selling out. He then turned and started saying, check out this car. What It's a thing though, right? In regards to musicians. I think, okay, so my definition of selling out is when you throw away your principles in order to make money. But so he didn't, he, they were his fake principles that he had for a week because no one liked him. No, they weren't, but they were real at the time and then he changed back again. So they're not fake principles. Yeah. Kind of like though with music. Kings Land are a good example. Mm. Had three albums before, three? Three albums, yeah. Before um, they released the Sex on Fire because of the night successful yep. album. People really, really liked them. I thought they were a great rock band. They then decided we would like to make some money. So mm-hmm. we'll make a couple of songs that are good for radio mm-hmm. and then we'll make some songs that aren't good for radio and put them on the same CD. All of a sudden, because they made songs that would make their money, their old fans were calling them sellouts. Yeah. So I, I disagree. The whole fucking point that. of making music is to make money. Don't fucking say that it's not. Yeah, it's entertainment. Yeah. Like you. Yeah, exactly. Like you, you're trying to do this for a living. Yeah. Um, 
there's only so long you can do it without making money before you can't make music anymore. Exactly. And it's like the Hollywood thing of one movie for you, one movie for the studio, that sort of thing. Like you just do something bankable and then you get to do your more experimental projects on the side and that sort of like there's a whole commerce to that. I got absolutely no issue with that. Who's the prime example of that now? Of what? Someone who makes blockbuster films for the money, for the, you know, to get their name out there, mm-hmm. but also does a lot of side projects that, no, not no-name films, but films that aren't very acknowledged. Yeah. Uh, Jude Law might be one. Jude Law is Is he of, still doing films? Yeah. Okay. I haven't seen him for a long time. He, um, he mostly does romantic films now, though. When's the last time he did uh, he's, he's playing, like, Young Pope in something. Okay. Um, but like so that's one of the more independent ones but then he was in you know going back a little bit he was in the Sherlock Holmes with mm, yeah. Robert Downey Jr he was like he's been in Johnny Depp did it for a while yeah Johnny Depp sort of wrote um, went before he went crazy Art House through to Huge mm. uh, who else does this sort of thing uh, Shewardell Earfor is one who floats up and down between different things remind me who that is uh, he is so he was in 2012 for one thing. He was. Have you seen Doctor Strange? Yes. Yeah. So he is the black sidekicky guy. Okay. That ends up in like the post-credit sting to Doctor Strange. Yes. They set up that he's going to be the evil one. Yep. Um, but then like you know he recently did a straight to Netflix thing called The Boy Who Harnessed the Wind, which is fantastic, but it's like passion project and that sort of thing. Yep. So yeah. But like that is not you see them you see someone phone it in in a big blockbuster movie and you're like yeah no nah, that's fine like you got to do what you got to do yeah you pay them bills yeah pay for those cars did I talk about the Michael Caine quote recently no. or did I tell someone I must have been telling someone at work Michael Caine for Jaws the Revenge um is a classic we have discussed this maybe yeah. you have I can't remember so that's that. a classic example of, of of an actor selling out you pick up that tr- that, that um, copy of the Blu-ray and you're like Michael Caine's in this yeah you forget it's an absolute piece of shit but he was asked about doing it. And, like, it's just the practical realities of being an actor that you need to make money. So, his response was, I haven't seen Jaws of Revenge, but I have seen the house that it bought. <laughs> that is a good quote. <laughs> uh, Nicolas Cage does a lot of movies now. I didn't fully commit to that, Michael. No, Cage. it's fine. Sorry, it was passable. Yeah. But Nicolas Cage makes a lot of movies now that no one knows about. Yes. That's because he needs the money. They're not very good. Because he buys yeah. dinosaur heads. Yeah. <laughs> Jamil! Jamil is here! Ooh! Today's mailbag is brought to you by our dear friend, Mr. Thomas Wilford, who is a big sister patron over at patreon.com slash discount. If you want your name to be read out on each and every show, just like Thomas's is, you just got to be a big sister. Join the big sister tier on our Patreon page, and I'll read your name out right after Thomas's. Thomas came first, so his name goes first, and then your name will come second on each and every episode of Four Finger Discount. The mailbag will be brought to you by you each and every week. Now, Mitch, what do you got for me this week? Let's just go with... One mailbag. Give me two. Give me two. Quickly. <sighs> uh, we don't actually have any questions. So, um, What I do have, a couple of listeners wrote in with stories of cheap engagement rings. We were asking about this oh, recently. Oh, cool. Yep, go with that. George McNemony. McNemony. There we go. Hey, Mitch and Dando, I wanted to write in after the discussion surrounding engagement and wedding rings. My wife and I have been together for 15 and a half years just to celebrate their first wedding anniversary. Congratulations. We had someone from the group get proposed to this, Stephanie Walden. Stephanie Walden, yes, yeah. congratulations. Yep, and uh, as long as we're giving shout-outs to the group, uh, good luck to Kelly Jokinowski yes. and her partner who is going into surgery. So, uh, you know, sending our love your way. Yes, down the hospital hallway. Yeah. <laughs> uh, back to George. Both of us are in our mid-30s. We wanted a nice day, but we didn't want to pay more than we needed to. So, in total, 
Engagement ring, 150 pounds. His wedding ring, 35 pounds. Her wedding ring, 300 pounds. Total, 485 pounds. So that's what? 1,200 bucks? No, it's only Oh, not even double. that. Sorry. It's under 1,000. Yeah, sorry. I'll, yes. I'll, so it's, about, it's basically double now at the moment. Yeah. So you're looking at, yeah, 960. Yep. Good solid effort. Put the spare money towards the honeymoon of a lifetime. Travelled from much, the much UK. Much wiser idea. Yeah. Went from the UK to Alada and Hawaii. The wife only knew about those two. They then went to Vegas, Dallas, New Orleans and spent 25 days in total in the States. We pretty much what we did was, so Nicola's engagement ring wasn't worth that much, but I knew I was getting my Ford payout. So what we did was we went on our honeymoon mm-hmm. and the last day of our honeymoon, we went to this really nice place in Dubai and she got a really nice ring. Yep. Whilst it's not her engagement ring, it's sort of like the ring that I, well, I would have got for you had I yeah, nice. been able to afford it. Yep. You know what I mean? George says, hopefully that this advice helps others who are planning a wedding to make sure that they only spend what's necessary and make sure you spend money on the important things. Like when I paid $10 for my wife to get laid at the Honolulu airport. What? L-E-I. Ah. Yeah. Little double entendre. <laughs> Hawaiian double entendres. Claire well played, Morley George. also wrote in, Hey lads, long time listener, second time emailer. I'm a woman... Who proposed to my boyfriend, which is rare, now husband, and his ring cost about 200 euro. Mm-hmm. It's Legend of Zelda themed. That's cool. That is very cool. What it's is got, it? What's on it? It's is got it three hearts on the front and the inscription inside says, it's dangerous to go alone. Mm. That's fucking cool and yeah. a little bit romantic yeah. and I'm geeking out right now. <laughs> yeah, it was cheap because it's made of tungsten, which is durable, but not very expensive. Uh, I reckon, I'd like, I thought he'd prefer a cool ring that's cheap rather than the plain expensive one. We had a, I got a ring, Nicola got engraved with You're My Lobster. It's a friend's reference. Oh, yeah, that's kind of cool. The reason, they also got a cheap engagement ring for her uh, because it seemed a bit weird that she didn't have one and they they spent roughly the same price. Not because either of us are cheap, but because I've literally lost or broken every single piece of jewellery I've ever owned. I'm a fucking disaster. I forget that these things even on my hands sometimes. Like, do you notice that with your wedding ring? It's just, this, yeah. it's just always there. Yeah. You ever get it caught on shit? No, I take it off when I play sport because it would pinch if okay. I was catching a cricket ball or something. When like I used that. to stack it forward, my guys get caught in the glove so often. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, her husband listens to the podcast as well, but he's not up, like, they're not up to date on the same episode. So shout out to. Spoiler Ma- alert. So you, they can't talk about the podcast. Yeah. <laughs> shout out to Marty in Belfast. Thanks for listening, Marty in mm-hmm. Belfast. Thank you also to everybody that has written a review recently on our iTunes page. If you haven't done it yet, just take 10 seconds of your time, jump onto iTunes. Give us a five-star review. You don't even have to write a big comment about why you love the show. Just a five-star review. Would, it means the world to us. It really helps us boost up the rankings in iTunes. So if you can do that, that'd be great. That'd be your job for the week. Is that it for the mailbag, Mitch? That's it for the mailbag. That's it for the mailbag. I promised Nicola we'd be done 45 minutes ago. Mm-hmm. Minutes ago. I, th- I feel like Elliot's gone to bed. I feel like you're going to go out there and she'll be all polite to you. And then when you leave, I'll get the whole... Oh, I'll tell you so what. what happened at 6.30. Nicola could... <laughs> if, if Nicola ever wants to do her own podcast, by the way, it could simply be called How Are You? And every episode would go for 45 minutes. <laughs> she can talk your ear off, can't she? Yeah. <laughs> when I got here before, I was like, how are you doing? Her answer to that question encompassed me starting a new job soon, my holiday, your holiday, where you guys are going on that holiday, where your family live, what time Elliot likes to go to bed, what the impacts of jet lag are going to be on a toddler, and whether or not her father will remember this. You know what? <laughs> you know why we're the perfect team? You know, all, sorry, all I said through the entire of that conversation was... Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Perfect team because I hate socializing. Mm. I just hate it. I just have like anxiety sometimes. Going to a party, I hate the idea of having to go and talk to people. I'm just it's just the way I am. Nicola is the opposite. So I can take her to a party and be like, here Nicola, do my job for me. And she'll just talk and people just forget that I'm even there. It's great. Really? Yeah. <laughs>
Is Ash like that? Is, is Ash a talkative person? Uh, I feel like roles are reversed in your uh, relationship. Yeah, I don't mind socialising. I, I don't mind... I, Ash, it came out wrong. I don't, Ash becomes but, a different person in, like... She'll do that thing where she just fills negative space in the air. Like... She fills the space negatively or... No, no, no. As in, like, someone will say something mundane and she'll do that... Mmm... Like, rather than let it sit in silence, so she has kills, to kind of... radio, kills the dead air. A little bit, yeah, but it's... But I'll, I won't call her out, but I'll be sitting there going, you don't do that. Like, you were never like that until you're in polite company. Yeah. And then you just turn into your mother. <laughs> <laughs> I've seen the Ash death stare, though. That's deadly. Yeah, we don't need to bring up the death stare again. <laughs> I've been on good terms lately. <laughs> been a good boy. Not before the uh, the holiday. I nearly killed her when I told her the story about Indy kicking me in the face with poo. She was mid-eating porridge. <laughs> God, I got stuck at her throat. Did she finish the whole bowl this time? Uh, yes, she did. Um, but it just took her a while to be able to get that mouthful down. Wait, when was she eating porridge? What time? No, it was a breakfast. So, she was already asleep so when this, this happened. morning. So, you started your day with shit on your face. No, 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 no. That happened at night. She was already asleep. So, I had to tell her in the oh, morning. Oh, you told her in the morning. Okay. Yeah. It's a good story to start the day yeah. with. After I'd kissed her. Good morning. <laughs> That's good. <laughs> Alrighty, thanks for listening to our review of The Last Temptation of Crust. You know what we're reviewing next week, Mitch? Uh, I did look, but I've forgotten. Dumbbell Indemnity. Oh, good! Mm. A gime. That's not that one. Isn't it? No. That's when Homer works out. Oh, what's Dumbbell Indemnity? <laughs> I, was like, I, was like, I was kind of surprised, because I don't mind the episode, I was kind of surprised that you really were looking forward to it. I was like, it's when, <laughs> it's when Mo, uh, Mo gets a girlfriend. Is it not? Oh. Now, uh, yeah, when Mo gets a girlfriend. Uh. It's the must kill Mo. That one. No, I'm less excited about that. <laughs> it's a, it's a fine episode. Yeah. It's not one that I'm going to be, you know, ecstatic to be reviewing, but I'm looking forward to doing it nonetheless. But uh, after, I'll see how far away the one that you want to review is. Nah, don't depress me. <laughs> the one after that is my favorite episode from season nine, though. So looking forward to that one. Okay. I can't tell you what it is. Okay. Wait till we get to it. Good. Thanks for listening, guys. Mitch, any final words for the listeners? Just gonna get rid of these pants. Shh.